welcome to another episode of Downtime with the Cranston Public Library, a podcast for cool people who love libraries where we talk about what we've been reading, what we've been watching, and what we've been loving. I'm your host, Taylor, and the branch librarian at the Oakland Branch Library, and my pronouns are she, her. I'm Robin. I'm the branch librarian at the William Hall branch of the Cranston Public Library system. And I do a variety of things in this job. It's brand new to me, so I really don't know all of them at this point. And my pronouns are she, her. My name is Kristen. Uh, I work at the Rogers Free Library uh, in Bristol. I've been there for 13 years, and my responsibilities include technology and communications. And my pronouns are she, her. Welcome, both of you, to the show, and Robin, a special welcome to the Cranston Public Library. We're glad to have you on the show as you debut yourself to the rest of our community um, (laughs) as part of your welcome in. So let's get right into it. What have you guys been reading? Well, I belong to a book discussion group that I've been a member of for over 30 years, and we take turns selecting the book for each month. So the reading for that group gets me reading books that I probably wouldn't go to myself. So that has kept me reading a different book for the past 12 months. And the one that I'm reading right now, I'm only about 100 pages into it, called Washington Black by Eski Edugon. I'm not sure if I'm mispronouncing that last name. E-D-U-G-Y-A-N. But it's a really interesting story about a young man, a boy who's a slave and starts out on a plantation in Barbados. And he gets the opportunity to help with some scientific experiments having to do with the weather. And right now, he and his quasi-owner are now in the New World. They have arrived in Virginia. So I don't know if this is going to be good for him or not. (laughs) But it's proving to be an interesting book, and I always look forward to having a discussion with my group because it's just great to hear what other people have to say about the book that we've been reading. But that's what I'm on right now. Yeah, book clubs are a great way to get out of your comfort zone in terms of reading things that you maybe normally wouldn't pick for yourself. And yeah, to have a group of people that you can talk about what you've been reading kudos for sticking with it for so long your book group that's real commitment (laughs) yeah that's from before I became a librarian so there's just women that I met through a group called the welcome wagon club in Barrington over 31 years ago and uh, we are all different people different walks of life but one thing we do have in common is most of us have children about the same age Um, And although some of my book club friends are now retired, it's only myself and one other woman who are still working. You know, we we have our common bond of of talking about books, so it's it's really fun. Yeah, it sounds like it. Kristen, how about you? What have you been reading? Oh, I've been in a little bit of a rut, unfortunately. Uh, But a local author and photographer, Danielle LaFay, just gifted me a copy of her latest book called Hashtag Create. She's a photographer and um, businesswoman. And she said, you know, I noticed that you do reviews in your blog. Would you mind, you know, reading it and reviewing it? And I said, sure. And I thought, well, I don't know. This is her first book. Will it be any good? And it actually was really great. Uh, I'm very interested in 
local shopping, of course, and I'm also very interested in business books. I used to do uh, wedding photography for a living, so I was especially excited to read this one, and I, I thought it was a great book. She had a nice combination of like business terminology, but also she threw in a lot of personal narratives, and she had a lot to say about how to be smart with marketing and, and branding, and I said, gee, I, I really wish this book were around when I was, you know, kind of a, a new kid on the block, so to speak, so I recommend it to anybody who's a you know, budding entrepreneur, not necessarily photography, but just any, anything in general. It was really great. Really great. Yeah. And that's probably would be a great read for people to pick up who are starting to think about in these weird times where people's jobs are changing, or maybe they're not in the job that they were in six months ago to if people who want to start making their hobby or their passion, their job sounds like a great place to start. Absolutely. I think that's definitely a, an introductory read for anybody who's thinking about a switch in careers or maybe they don't have a choice. Maybe it is time to pursue that dream. I say, you know, go for it and read as many awesome books from the public library that you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so I am getting in gear for, which I've talked on the show before, for the Rhode Island Teen Book Award reading season to start we'll be making a list for 2022 which is crazy to think about so I've been over the summer trying to read some things that I might nominate so that we can get a real good list going and I just started a book called Spell Hackers I think it's MK England is the author it'll be in the show notes and it's interesting because it's kind of it's like sci-fi but it also has this magic so kind of like urban fantasy element to it so it's this world where magic was once freely available and then this spell plague happened where like I guess the magic there was some contaminated magic and so a lot of people got very sick and they had to rebuild a lot of this world and to do that they kind of they had to contain the magic and make the magic be something that was a commodity that people had to pay for. And it's about this group of young kids who basically steal these different magic materials and sell them to like make money. And they're supposed to be doing their last heist that they would ever pull off. But then surprise, it wasn't their last heist. And that's about as far in as I am. But I still, I'm going to give it a little more time. I'm still not sure how I feel about it because the concept was super interesting. And I think it would be a good fit in a like sci-fi fantasy because we usually try to pick at least one for the list. But the world building kind of threw you into the middle. And so I'm kind of like, wait, what is that thing though? Can you explain that? So I don't know if things will become clear if I stick with it a little bit longer, but it's interesting so far. Very cool. I feel like other than the books I read from my book club, which can be fiction or nonfiction, I read a lot of memoir. And I just, I finished a book that I was able to get a preview copy, which is one of the perks of being a librarian when we can get the digital review copies or the physical advanced review copies of books. And the book is Eat a Peach, and it's by David Chang, who is a chef. You may have seen him on the Netflix show Ugly Delicious. And his memoir, I was pretty intrigued by it because it also mentioned that not only has he built these restaurants, one of which is pretty well known in New York City called Momo Fuku. But he alludes in the description of the book, it talks about how he's had mental health problems, which, you know, as we all know from the 70s 
sad early death of Anthony Bourdain that many chefs have had these types of issues. And I thought that it was really brave of him to address it in this book. And so I love that book. It was really good. It just came out today, September 8th. And from that, I started listening to his podcast, which is called The Dave Chang Show. I'm a big podcast listener. And from that, I heard about a really interesting man named Marshall Goldsmith, who does executive coaching. So I got one of his books from the E-Zone, listened to that. And when people talk about going down a rabbit hole, that's the kind of thing I do. I don't sit and watch a bunch of stuff on YouTube, which is awesome. It's just not my thing. But I'll go from book to podcast to TV show or movie because I've heard these people mentioned. And, uh, yep, that's what makes this job so much fun. I mean, I've been at it for about 20 years doing a bunch of different things. I did Rhode Island Teen Book Award for many years when I was a teen librarian in Pawtucket. And I, I love being forced, in a sense, to read different books because it really opens your mind. So good for you, Taylor, for, for being on that committee. So I went on the committee my, when I was a YA librarian. I was a part-time YA librarian before I came to Cranston. But yeah, I, it was my first year on the committee. So I kind of wanted to stick with it despite not being in as a teen-focused role as I had been previously. But I do love to read YA. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And it's like, well, now we can't really have it. Hopefully we can go back to having meetings in person. But I would like get excited for the once a month meeting where I could like go and see all my library teen book award committee friends and see everyone who I hadn't seen since last month. So yep, I remember those days. A lot of fun. Yeah. So Robin, you bring up watching things or or are looking up different things because you've heard it from one place or another, which I feel like I do a lot of that too. And that's why my like to read and to watch list gets super long, especially doing this podcast because everyone comes on and tells me about what I should be watching <laughs> or reading. Uh, but even before that, just hearing about things here and there, I also listen to a lot of podcasts. So what are some things that you guys have been watching uh, recently? So uh, I have to be very careful who I say this in front of, but my husband and I have been watching old TV shows. Now, the <laughs> reason I say I have to be careful is because my husband is 14, he's my senior. So he's been watching old TV shows, and that includes stuff from the 70s when my husband was younger. <laughs> so we've been watching, we've been absolutely binge-watching all things, live, you know, library DVDs. He's introduced me to Love Bow and Fantasy Island and... He actually introduced me to a game show called Match Game um, from the <laughs> 70s, but we didn't realize that there's a new version of it with Alec Baldwin, I think, on ABC. And I said, oh my gosh, everything is making a comeback. I don't think there's any new material anymore, <laughs> you know? But we are, we are so, so enjoying that. Just, I think TV today, I'm going to sound like an old crafty lady, but... TV today we find just incredibly violent and we you know the contemporary stuff is just too much for us so we're just going way back in time and we're okay with that we belong there <laughs> that's the lovely thing about our current era is like that with not just with all kinds of media whether it be tv movies music because of the internet and also to a certain extent libraries because we sometimes hold on to older things that other that you know netflix isn't gonna no but i mean netflix isn't gonna put yeah. math game on there because they don't think anyone's gonna want to watch it so it's 
it's things like libraries that are repository for media and things like that where you can access things like that but that's the beauty of it is with the internet you can find out about anything that happened in the past and and so it's kind of everything is at your disposal that's what especially with music I feel like there's a lot more young people who know older music than maybe past generations where only the radio like the radio and buying cds were really the only way to consume music so I think that's the beauty of it Matchmaking is the one with the like the secret word that the other pe- person or no that's password. <laughs> no, I think that's password. Um, okay. Matchmaking enough kids now you put me on the spot. I haven't watched it in a while, but I oh, think oh, the, the host presents a question and the guest has to match what the six or seven celebrities say. Oh so, yes. And sometimes, I mean, maybe maybe not the celebrities today, but the celebrities in the seventies. Oh, some some of them were absolutely wicked. It's just. You know, they just get themselves in trouble. They write an answer and they say, wait a minute, is that a double meaning? Wait a minute. <laughs> but it, I, sometimes it's just funny because they make up things that are absolutely ridiculous. And it's just, it's a good chuckle. You just need a good, hearty laugh, you know? Yeah, I've definitely watched that on the game show network in repeats. I don't know if they still do it in repeats, but I've de- I've seen that one too. I didn't know that they were remaking it though. So that would be interesting to see with newer celebrities <laughs> as well. For sure. You know, I like to watch movies from the past, not TV shows, going back to that. Like, we did the Back to the Future trilogy a few weekends ago, fun day. (laughs) Most of the time, though, we've been outside a lot because my uh, youngest son built a really great fire pit in the backyard. So we'll sit out there and just enjoy being outside and looking up at the sky rather than being inside. And luckily, we've had some pretty good weather lately. So that's a nice distraction from being in front of a screen of any kind or size. You're inspiring me to get outdoors because, I mean, <laughs> I always walk a dog every day, but I've kind of been sucked into the hole that is YouTube. <laughs> and that's an understatement. One of my favorite pastimes is going to museums. Like, my friends and I will just grab a museum pass from the library so we can, you know, save on admission. And, you know, we haven't been able to do that, obviously, because museums are closed. So someone introduced me to uh, Google Arts and Culture, which is an app, but it's also uh, on YouTube. And they started out doing museum tours. I mean, museums in Europe, I would never even dream of seeing were just at my fingertips. It was so amazing. And then I found they had a bunch of different series. They had like an art Zoom series where they discuss and critique classic paintings. And then they have a Who Invented series. I just watched this whole clip on the history of who invented the sewing machine. It was it was really cool. So I'm a little less regretful about not being outdoors if I'm actually learning something indoors. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I had a hobby that I developed after from being a librarian where I learned how to make these folded paper flowers, which, of course, I learned from a book, which is called <laughs> Playing With Books. The Art of Upcycling, Deconstructing, and Reimagining the Book. And that's written by Jason Thompson, who actually has a business right here in Rhode Island. He and his wife own a Rag and Bone Bindery. And he has a, a lot of different projects featured in this book, and one are, are the flowers. So I started making those at my libraries where I worked. And people really liked them. And then I had made some that they were on the table when I was helping out with an event as a volunteer with the Coalition of Library Advocates. 
and somebody else saw them, a woman from What's Your Writers Club, and she asked if I sold them. And I said, sure, I'll sell you a few of the flowers. She wanted some to buy for coworkers for uh, the holidays. So then later on, she put her put them on Instagram to show off the flowers. And Lisa Valentino from Inkfish Books in Warren got in touch with me and asked if she could carry them in her shop. So now, I, you know, I just from time to time, I would make some flowers sort of whenever I wanted and I'd bring them over to her. But in June, she messaged me asking if I wanted to do a big project and do 50 flowers for her first ever roadie uh, book box. And I said, okay, gave me enough time. She didn't need them till September. Then in the meantime, she actually added, added another 30. So I did 80 folded flowers, which I delivered weekend before last. And that day, she said she needed another 20. So I can't really do those out by the fire pit, but those are the things that I'll do when I'm watching TV, watching the stuff on Netflix, like shows about food and comedy and things like that. Yeah, I find when I like when I don't know what to watch, like comedy specials on Netflix will be the thing that I gravitate towards. If I'm just like I don't know what I'm in mood for, I feel like I don't want to get started on a new show, or I'm just not in the mood to keep going with whatever show I'm in. I'll just feel like ah, oh, it'll be like an hour, and hopefully they'll be funny. And yeah, yeah, I listened to Taylor Tomlinson which uh, her whole routine was about her just turning 25 and I just turned Mm -hmm. 26. So it was very relatable. Nice. But yeah, so she was hilarious. So that was a good one that I watched recently. But my, my big accomplishment for longtime listeners of the show is that my boyfriend and I finally finished the MCU. So we're done with everything that's out now. We watched Spider-Man far from home this weekend. And that was the last one. And so now we'll just have to wait until people can make movies again and see if <laughs> see when the next Marvel things are going to come out. <laughs> I feel like when we started, this podcast was like, we weren't that far in. So I felt like I needed to update people that we finally finished. Yeah, because those movies are, are lengthy. So you have to pace yourself. You have to have a night where you've got plenty of time. So that, that's definitely an accomplishment, Taylor. You should be bragging on that. <laughs> there was only, I think, a couple that out of all of them I had never seen before. Towards the beginning, there was some that I had never really watched all the way through because I kind of got in during the first Avengers movie was kind of like my in. And the first Avengers movie kind of set up everyone's character well enough that you could kind of just keep going. So there was some at the beginning I hadn't seen all the way through. And then Ant-Man and the Wasp, I just never got to until we just watched it. But it was good. It was fun. If you liked the first Ant-Man movie, you probably will like the sequel. It it was an original plot, but very much the kind of what you expected from Ant-Man. The, like, not taking itself too seriously kind of thing. Definitely. I'm starting to notice on Netflix a lot of, you know, book-to-screen stuff. Someone told me that the babysitters club was going to be on netflix and i nearly freaked out speaking of <laughs> things making a comeback uh, and i said oh gosh should i even try it and i i was almost embarrassed so, okay, listen you're 38 years old you've got to step out of your childhood this is out of control 
And so I said, oh, this is so disappointing. I must have, I was flipping through the adult side of Netflix because, you know, it's partitioned by adults or children. And I said, oh, this person was wrong. It's not here. And when I texted them, they said, oh, no, no, it's under the children's section of Netflix. I said, nice. oh, okay, fine. We'll put this under guilty pleasure and call it a day. But it was actually, it was actually pretty charming, I have to say. And I may, I may revisit the book. I'm not sure yet. Yeah, and they're republishing all the books with new covers because of the show now. Oh, of course. Yeah, they have so, to the look into that version of those as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those... they're working on that too. So, well, of course, the Netflix show, which is now old from two years ago, was Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, uh, which is based on a cookbook. Mm-hmm. So that's like the ultimate because at my previous job, I had done a cookbook book club which a lot of us around the state had started doing after a a really awesome presentation at the Rhode Island Library Association conference in 2016. They shared, uh, three librarians shared their experience with doing that. So I've been totally into cookbooks, of course. And that was just pretty amazing that it was like a cookbook brought to life on a TV series. So that's, that's a fun one to watch if you haven't seen that one. Even if you don't like to cook, it's very interesting because she visits different areas and talks about the food there. So it's it's almost it's part travelogue and and part cooking show. That's a good one. If you haven't checked it out yet, you may want to, unless you don't like food at all. In which case, oh my gosh, who doesn't like food? <laughs> apparently, there are a few people out there who don't care about what they eat. You know, they just don't really. It's not their thing. So, hey, to each his own. That's what mm-hmm. that's what I discovered. We started watching Down to Earth with Zach Efron, where he does a travel show, and he's traveling around with an expert on longevity. So they're visiting places where people are very healthy, health conscious. Uh, the first episode that I watched with him, they went to Iceland, and... Uh, we just watched the one where they were in Costa Rica. That's a perfect thing to have on while I'm doing my flowers. So it's something that I'm not not trying to follow a plot of something. So if I look down for a minute, and of course, since it's on Netflix, you can just go back to it. So we're looking forward to getting into more of those. We actually had some friends who talked about that when we were at a, a socially distant cookout of like six people <laughs> last month. So it was always... It's always fun to hear what other people are uh, reading, listening, and watching, as you already said. So that was a good recommendation, too, that I would I would second that one, especially because cause it's very different. The man that he travels with, his name is Darren Olean. So he has, and he has a podcast, which I have not listened to yet. I haven't gone down that road the whole it's kind of nice that the pandemic brought us out of the woodwork as far as using our hands again. I, I'm thinking, I'm imagining you sitting and, and folding all the paper, and I said that sounds incredibly therapeutic. I, earlier this year, I took a class at the Barrington Public Library about bullet journaling. Actually, I took a class with the Cumberland Public Library virtually as well, and, and initially I said, no, I don't think this is for me. It seems very detailed and a lot of work. You know, I took out the book by Ryder Carroll, and I said, okay, no way. This is way too intense. And then as I started listening to everybody, I said, okay, maybe I can just kind of make it my own thing. And it, it's so therapeutic. I remember everybody joking this year when, the pen, you know, the pandemic hit, people say, well, the biggest waste of money this year was a planner for 2020 because we have nothing to write in it. So I thought, okay, 
okay, well, that might be the case next time. I'll just make my own planner. So I actually made my own bullet journal calendar, and I and I found it incredibly therapeutic. I thought it would be, because it's so detail-oriented, I thought it would be really challenging. It might get on my nerves, but I actually finished the entire calendar already. There's just something therapeutic about, you know, the pen dragging across the paper, and it was just really... It was really great. And I think I'll I think I'll keep it up. Well if anybody yeah, I, has a blank notebook and they want to do something similar but maybe not quite as elaborate, I had one that I purchased a few years ago, which is a sentence each day. So today, September eighth, you'd have this year and then you'd have five you'd have five years worth of what you did on September eighth, for example. And I have one and it's been it's really fun. So I'll I'll write just a couple of thoughts down at the end of the day, and I'll I'll yell out to my husband. I'll say, Oh, can you believe it? Last this day we were, you know, we went into Providence and we went out for dinner or something. And or remember we had so and so come over for a cookout, whatever it is. So it's fun to look back on it, and that's another simple way and it's low low pressure because it's a sentence it's not a whole page that's something that I would definitely recommend if people want to think ahead to 2021 yeah I've I've see I'm so bad at like journals and planners and stuff abandoning them so I bought one of those sentence a day five year and I don't think I even made it through like a whole year because I don't know I feel like I have so many days in a row where it's like, I don't know what to write down because nothing exciting happened. I did the same thing as I always do. And then, so then I like get discouraged. So just focus on one thing about your day. So the one that I had bought, tie into a book, of course, it was Gretchen Rubin's The Happiness Project. So she had put mm-hmm. that together. So she had a little, a little thought on each page. So when I first started it, I kind of was like you, Taylor. I sort of dropped off the wagon. And then I started saying, I'm just going to focus on one thing that made me happy or smile. So even if I put that sentence might have been uh, four years ago that I was driving home and, I, and the sky looked really pretty when I drove home tonight. And I think that just freeing yourself from having a lot of pressure about what it is you're writing Sometimes it's just a list of where I went, what I did, you know, did laundry, made dinner, uh, weeded the garden, and it doesn't matter. It's just something. It just gets you in the habit of doing it, so you kind of look forward to it. Plus, you get to look at what you did before, and each year it builds. So I'm actually kind of sad because now this is the last year of this one, and uh, I'm going to have to start a new one, so I'll, I'll have to keep this one nearby as reference maybe. If I want to reminisce about the previous years. I think just from 2020, it'll be one that's like worthwhile to keep just because it's like, because five years from now, I feel like it's gonna, it's, it's, it's not gonna, we're gonna remember it, obviously, because it's going to be very memorable this time, but it's also not going to be as fresh as when we were all in it. And so I feel Mm -hmm. like it'd be very enlightening to look back at like what you were thinking and writing and feeling you can write down what book you're reading what you just watched on tv what podcast you listen to all those types of things because again it's something that you may or may not remember a year from now i mean the library books you can if you go in and make that turn on your reading history of course i love doing that and i also track my reading on goodreads i've done that 
for, oh gosh, about 10 years. So it's really nice at the library when people ask me for suggestions of books and to do reader's advisory with that at my fingertips. It makes it a lot easier. Yeah, for sure. I just, I don't have that much of a backlog of Goodreads stuff because I only really just started tracking stuff last year on Goodreads. Uh, But also the beginning of this, it was actually Zach who had shared some stuff with us about making a professional Goodreads where basically you just put stuff that you really liked on there. Yes. Whereas like your personal good read, you might write reviews where you're, you know, like two stars, but didn't like it, abandoned it halfway through or whatever, just because you want to keep track of things so you don't go back and try to read it again. But like to do a professional good read that's like just focused on reader's advisory and focused on stuff that you really enjoyed and that you would want to recommend to patrons and then using novelist for all of their I forget exactly it's not genre terms or subject terms but they have like all words that this a novelist has all things that they like describe a book's like kind of like feeling and and the type of writing Mm -hmm. it is beyond just like genre um and to put those on there so you kind of can do read-alikes more easily when you have those words that are somewhat controlled because novelist controls them that's pretty much what my Goodreads is, is as Zach described, it's, it's a professional. I don't put something, if I hated a book, I wouldn't put it on there. I don't want to put negatives out into the world. There's enough of that. I may track it in terms of having read it, and I'll just say I liked it, and that, and just give it a quick, like, read this for book club, a real quick thing. But if it's something I don't want to track, I don't track it. So I'm not that strict. Hmm. There's a young lady I work with who's really talented at Reader's Advisory, and we were talking about, okay, well, how do we reach a group of people for Reader's Advisory that don't really read? Let's say they're just binging Netflix all the time, and she's she's brilliant. She found, you know, let's say the top five most popular Netflix specials, and she actually went and found books. I mean, I'm talking like she chose The Tiger King. (laughs) Was it a great British bake-off? Is that the name of the show? And she actually found titles. And I said, my God, you're a genius because you just think, okay, there's this population who's just sitting reading Netflix. How how can we get them to read? Well, let's show them like you love this show. This book is just as great. Wow, that's wonderful. You could change the world. I've thought about that as like a display idea before as like binge worthy books. Um, But as you were saying, a lot of things are like book to screen. I was thinking more in that vein than just need a likes to shows but things that are like mm. here things that are on netflix that were originally a book but that's probably even better because i feel like myself included sometimes it's like oh there's a book and now i feel like i need to read the book before i watch the show and then it's like you know time gets away from you and then you just never do either whereas a read a like like that where it was like i already watched the show and i liked it here's a book that's like that yeah that's great and we'll return to the show after a quick break As summer winds down, why not pick up a good book and join the discussion? Catch up with virtual book group meetings of the Graphic Novel Book Group, Cookbook Club, the all-new nonfiction book group, Hidden in the Stacks, and YA for Adults Book Group. For more information and to register, visit cranstonlibrary.org slash book groups or contact the Central Library Reference Desk at central at cranstonlibrary.org. Stay safe and happy reading. Looking for 
another way to keep up with what's going on at the Cranston Public Library? Sign up for our email newsletter. You'll be among the first to learn about upcoming programs for kids, teens, and adults, and new services and collections coming to your library. Subscribe at cranstonlibrary.org. So, I mean, we've already been talking a little bit about things that we've been doing to pass the time. Kristen, I know that you had told me that you do photography, where you mentioned it also early too, but before leading up to the show, you had said about how you do photography in your spare time. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So I kind of stopped doing wedding and portrait photography. You know, anything that involves the equipment, I stopped that, I think, a couple of years ago. And having an iPhone just makes it so easy. I, I walk a lot. I walk with my husband. I walk with my dog. And I like to capture everything. But I really enjoy photographing the books I check out from the library. I just have a small piece of construction paper, and I'll lay it down in a good you know, lighting situation. I'll put it on my Instagram. And I do it a lot. I get a lot of books, not just novels, but I like to read about everything home decor and all sorts of things and I, I just do it for fun I put it on my blog I put it on Facebook you know sometimes people will respond and say oh yes I read that or hated that and it's it's really nice positive conversation on Facebook instead of people screaming at each other I received a Facebook message I think last year from one of my high school classmates I don't think I ever talked to her more than twice the four years we were in high school and I said gee what could she be messaging me about and she said I think she's living in Atlanta. She said, I wanted to show you this. And she sent me a picture of a library card. And she said, I'm an avid reader. And I don't know why I got away from the public library, but I was so inspired by all of your photographs of books that I went ahead and got a library card. And I said, my God, that is the highest accolade you could pay me ever. I was absolutely jumping up and down. I said, you just made my entire life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Libraries and books are so magical. I, I don't know why libraries are such a well-kept secret. It's weird to me. It's so weird. So Yeah, I was going to say, a librarian, if you, if you tell a librarian that it's like something you did inspired me to go to the library again, like we're always <laughs> like, yes, we win at librarianship. <laughs> at least that's how I always feel about it. And even just like when I talk to people, I mentioned this on the show previously, but I recently got my grandmother using Libby and now instead of paying money to Amazon to read Kindle books, she gets them all for free. Um, and Very she's nice. ecstatic about it. But even my uncle's girlfriend, I was like, when she found out I was a librarian, I would talk to her about, you know, the things I do. And she's like, oh, so she was big into like Stephen King and like horror and mystery and stuff. And she's like, oh, so like you guys would have all the new, like the newest of this, right? And this, all, and I'm like, yeah, we we buy, or if, if I didn't buy it, probably someone else in the state bought it. There's almost 50 libraries in the whole state. So, and yeah, and telling her that it's like, so even if I don't have it or whatever library you go in doesn't have it, you can get it somewhere else. And she's like, wow, really? And so, yeah, so it's just like, when I start talking about my job, people are like, oh, I didn't realize libraries were like, that great and I'm like yeah I don't know we, we weren't keeping it a secret we I, I tell everyone who will listen to me so I don't know how uh, yeah how it's so like I discovered the library <laughs> yeah I go through that with people all the time too because they they have just this notion that libraries don't have the newest books or movies and now a lot of libraries have the extra added streaming like canopy at 
Cranston does so that you can watch more movies using your library card. There's always been some movies in Overdrive as well or Libby, the Libby app. So to be able to talk people through that, I mean, I've shown some of my friends how to use the eZone when I've been at their house for a book club and things like that. So it's really fun to enlighten them and tell them what we've got so that they understand that we are right up there with the times. Do you ever feel like you you never stop working? There was one time I was having a pedicure <laughs> at a local salon, and the woman next to me, I hadn't seen her for years. She was a regular customer of mine years ago, and the two of us were, like, knee-deep in, you know, bubbles, and <laughs> she was complaining about how expensive audiobooks are for her phone and I told her I said why aren't you getting the books in the library for your phone and she unfortunately got the manicures all wet because she kicked her feet up in excitement uh, and I said why don't you come down to the library this weekend we'll get you a library card and every time I see her at the post office or downtown area she's thank you thank you thank you thank you and I said you're welcome and you know it's funny a lot of people that come for tech health when we're done with our session they'll say what do I owe you I said nothing yeah. You don't pay for anything at the library. And I said, but if you feel strongly about a payment, so to speak, I say, promise you'll tell three people about the library. And they say, yeah, sure, I'll do that. You know? That's great. I think I'm going to start saying that because I have had people, I've had people offer to tip me. I've had people say, oh, I'll come back and bring you a coffee. Uh, not at Cranston, oh. at other jobs. That they're like, I'll come back and bring you a coffee or I'll bring you something, which is all like very, very nice. Yeah, it's like it's all thoughtful, but I mean, like the town pays me. That's kind of the point. It's like I get paid for this. So, like, you don't have to worry about it. But yeah, I think that's great. I might start using that now. Just like tell your friends. <laughs> for sure. Definitely. So, Robin, besides your feverish paper folding, <laughs> is there anything else that you've been doing? Since the beginning of this, if you want to go that far back to... Uh... Well, I kept working at the library where I'd worked prior to Cranston. We didn't work remotely. We kept working in the building, and we did contactless pickups for many weeks. For a few weeks, we did work abbreviated hours, but and then we still not open all the hours out there. But in terms of working and working on the collection and doing weeding and you know, going into the library, it was definitely work. So I only had downtime on the weekends like I would have normally. And I got burnt out on doing extra Zoom, even author events, which I love dearly. I was pretty done with, with those for the most part until the weather got nicer. And a couple of times I sat outside with my iPad and joined in and listened and watched an author talk about their latest book, which was really fun. One of the ones that I really liked was hearing from Fiona Davis, who wrote The Lions of Fifth Avenue, which is her newest one set in the New York Public Library. So that was a good one. I have always enjoyed author events, but I didn't want to be in front of the screen again when I got home at night. So again, I would be out in the yard, worked worked in the garden, did a lot out there. One thing about when I garden is that I do listen to my podcast, so I get through a lot of those. Fresh Air with Terry Gross and a comedian named Mark Marin. Uh, his show, he's got a lot of different people, a wide variety of folks, authors, comedians, actors. It runs the gamut, and I get a lot of ideas for books to read, movies to watch, TV shows to check out from the podcast I listen to. 
so I'm always puttering around. I get up early and I ride my bike. I've been riding my bike since, I guess, April when the weather was nice enough. I just get out of my bike from where I live and ride around. And I like to stop and take pictures. I get inspired by my librarian friend in Bristol, Kristen, because she <laughs> has such wonderful photos that she posts. And I like just taking different views of, of downtown Providence, which is where I can ride from where I live. And it's a beautiful place here in Rhode Island. Just try to focus on the positive again. Yeah, for sure. So as we're approaching the end of our show, to cap it off, we finish the show with a segment which I call The Last Chapter. And if you're listening and you would like to submit a topic for The Last Chapter, you can do that at downtime at cranstonlibrary.org. This week's last chapter discussion, we kind of were touching on it, telling people about Libby and ebooks, but ebooks versus print books what is your preferred format and why Hmm. (laughs) that's a tough one the ebooks are so convenient and being able to have that on my I still use a kindle that my sons gave me for mother's day in 2011 and it's I think it may not last much longer but it's just really great because it's a dedicated e-reader I love that thing and having it on on the other hand sometimes I forget because I download a lot of those preview copies of books and I forget that they're on there because I'm not physically seeing the stack of books next to my bed or next to my chair in the living room so I go back and forth love audiobooks love the ebooks love the digital audiobooks that I can listen to on the phone because again listen while I'm gardening and driving and sometimes when I'm walking I guess I would have to say digital is favorite over print right now that's like asking who the favorite child is I I never (laughs) answer this I never answer this question when a patron asks me because I don't want to sway them you know if they're thinking about ebooks you know I don't want to sway them. I want you to try it first and then you get back to me. Honestly, I, I I can't say I prefer one over the other, but I do carry my Kindle in my purse. But if, God forbid, if I have to wait in a line more than two minutes, I'm whipping out that Kindle to read a book. Because if there's a minute going by that I have to, you know, nothing to do, I have to be reading a book. My nerd is showing. <laughs> <laughs> I think I like print a little more. I do like to have a print book in my hand. And I do love ebooks. I love them. I love my Kindle paperweight so much. But there's something about being three quarters of the way through the book and the left-hand side is now super heavy and you've got just a few more pages on your right-hand side. Seeing 90% on the Kindle just doesn't doesn't do it for me, you know? (laughs) That's the thing that gets me with eBooks all the time and why I don't read them as much, even though during times where, I mean, we were going into our locations, but can't go to other people's library and delivery was so it was still hard to get things even for us but we had the easiest time to get things because at least we had a library to access at least most of us who were going in some of the time we were spoiled <laughs> but uh i did more ebook reading because like new stuff we weren't allowed to buy new stuff while we were closed but yeah, I keep going back to print because it's, uh, yeah, you're right. Something about the like progress, I still am just like, when is this book going to end? 
when it's the ebook, but when it's the regular book, I'm like, oh, I'm so close, so close to the end. So yeah, that's that's the big thing that that makes me go to print most of the time. And new book smell, which we talked about on a previous episode. Yeah, certain books you can only appreciate as a print book. I don't like reading graphic novels on my Kindle or even on the iPad. I would definitely prefer that in print and cookbooks, those types of books where it's got a lot of visual stuff. But for reading novels and nonfiction, it's okay to do it digitally. Don't want to be without a book. No, it is the way to always... My mom is a big reader, and once she got her first Kindle, like she was on the ebook train like to the end she the cookbooks was the one thing that she tried out cookbooks digital like in the ebook and then she was like no we can't do this anymore but novels and her reading for pleasure she was like this is great total she was like totally 100% on board and invested in the ebook once the e-readers became a thing because she could take all these books with her at once if she finished a book she could just go on to something else in her library yeah she was very much loved it for that reason so thank you both for joining me tonight and thank you everyone for listening if you enjoyed the show please go and rate and review the show where you listen to podcasts it helps people find the show particularly if you go and rate and review on apple and thank you again everyone for listening and that has been another episode of downtime Downtime is a production of the Cranston Public Library. Our theme music is Day Trips by Ketza, and our ad music is Happy Ukulele by Scott Holmes. Links to the books and movies discussed can be found in the show notes. To find out everything your library can do for you, visit our website at cranstonlibrary.org. Downtime with Cranston Public Library is on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you find your podcasts. Subscribe so you never miss an episode. Join us next week for more Downtime.